Hey listener, welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. Hope you survived the experience. The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your hosts, Uncanny Thomas Logue and Mighty Michael Moran. Caution, the following podcast contains many spoilers to everything in the world. Nice. Amy. What up, Amy? Hi. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been, it would be an understatement to say that it's been a while since the last time we podcasted. Uh, <laughs> but we are back. Your host, Michael Moreno, and with me as always is Thomas Logue. What up, bro? What up, what up, what up? It has been quite a while since what? we podcasted. What was the last podcast we did? The last one was Old Man Logan. So we've uh, we've missed the opportunity to talk about Thor Ragnarok, That's Jedi, Wonder Woman. Woman. No, we talked about Wonder Woman. Yeah. Did we talk about um, uh, Batman? We never talked about Batman versus Superman. No, we never did. I don't think. No, I think we did. Didn't we? No. What am I thinking? I'm thinking Justice League. Justice League is what you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Justice League, by the way? I've still not seen it. <laughs> Amy's sitting next to me and she wants to ask you a very important question. Um, we've missed the opportunity, she said, to talk about Pitch Perfect. Oh my God, I haven't seen Pitch Perfect 3 yet. Um, Amy, would you like to chime in about Pitch Perfect 3? She said, ugh. Really? Yeah. Oh, don't say that. We are like, we are riding the uh, the Pitch Perfect bandwagon right now. <laughs> You're going to want to stop it too, trust me. Really? Yeah, like I watched the first Pitch Perfect and I was like, all right, that was a fun movie. And I watched the second and I was like, okay, they kind of did the typical sequel thing where they go a little over the top. And then we watched the third one and then they just turned it up to like 12. Yeah, it was all Fat Amy and it was all like improving without editing. They, they just basically let her do whatever she wanted and just yeah. say the like crazy yeah i'll still check it out i still want to see it we all still want to see it but dude when they do the finale right when they do the finale and then all the bellas show up like all the history like i choke yeah. up, man michael chokes up and all the bellas show up at the end amy says it's not like that this time <laughs> oh bummer <laughs> <laughs> so anyway back to what our podcast is actually about <laughs> I would keep all that in. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. Just say it's been a while since we podcast. A lot has happened. But today we're just going to focus on the Black Panther. Before we jump into the Black Panther, Tom, I'm just going to list off uh, a few movies here. Ready? Go for it. Captain America, Civil War, Doctor Strange. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yep. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Black Panther. Phase three so far. Yes, it is. How amazing is this stretch of movies? It's amazing because they've made it like flow all together. It seems very seamless. It's like reading a ongoing story. Absolutely. But the quality of these movies, man, in this phase, there isn't a stinker in that bunch, man. They are nope. all good. Before we jump into Black Panther, and I apologize, but this is this just sort of has really been on my mind lately. It's it's fascinating. Out of those movies, which would you consider to be your favorite? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Dude, I just listed off a bunch of answers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could pick one from there. Picking one is you almost feel uh, guilty for the other ones, right? Like you want to pick them all. In some ways, some of them, though it's all like the Marvel Universe, some of them are a little different than the others, right? Like if I had to, like, you know, my life depended on it and I had to pick one, I would probably go with Thor Ragnarok. And the only reason is, A, I like Thor as a character. And also the movie was very lighthearted, very, very funny and done very well. Not like over the top funny, but it was done very well. But then if you look at Black Panther, that's like way more of a serious movie. Had yeah. way more serious undertones. I would even say it's more of 
probably the um, how would I phrase it the most adult Marvel Universe movie you know what I mean because it handles like actual serious issues it's not like oh let's go fight the bad guys kapow so it's it's the more adult of all the Marvel movies so like comparing Thor Ragnarok to Black Panther is almost unfair they're in the same universe the story is practically identical but the tones are completely opposite you know what I like about the Black Panther though that I really appreciated was that the movie dealt with a lot of like you know social and political issues but they were subtle about it they weren't in your face with it the movie was absolutely beautifully paced and how they did everything even black panther's origin like even though this was his solo movie it it wasn't a whole movie about his origin you just kind of get a quick like this is how the first black panther came to be it passed down the line thanks to this you know meteorite and the goddess ball Mm -hmm. is that that how the panther was pronounced i don't know (laughs) yeah bast b-a-s-t and then, you know, it just passes on really quick. And boom, we got how Black Panther came to be. Dude, you know what I just realized? That um, of all the movies, again, that I just listed in Phase 3, they're basically all team movies, right? In Civil War, Captain America shares a ton of screen time with everyone. With <laughs> everyone and it works amazingly. <laughs> Doctor Strange was definitely a solo movie. There were some uh, great you know, co-stars and everything, but Thor, I yeah, wouldn't call Doctor right. Strange a team movie necessarily, right? Yeah, because Thor was in it for a while, but that's not a lot. Yeah, no. Guardians 2, I mean, obviously that's just a team movie. That just, is a team, I, yeah. It is a team movie, literally. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, all the other supporting characters that just, like, shined, even yeah. though, you know, Thor was great. They weren't competing for any screen time or anything like that. No. I mean, it all worked very well. Black Black Panther as well, man. I think one of my favorite things about the movie, among I'm, I'm going to say that a lot, by the way. I'm going to say one of my favorite things a lot because I really, really <laughs> enjoyed this movie. But is that all the supporting cast was awesome. They all had their great scenes, man. I agree. Uh, I think that's part of what made Black Panther so incredible is that, yeah, it's a movie about Black Panther, but it also took the time and the chance to develop all the other characters that were around him. His sister, his mom, um, uh, how do you pronounce his name? The the dude who would have been man-ape normally. M'Baku. Baku, yeah. Uh, it's M'Baku. Baku, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and then there was the other guy that was the um, the husband of the uh, guardian chick, where he's like, "Would you kill me?" And she's like, "For Wakanda." <laughs> I can't remember his name though. The 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 rhino herder. Yeah, the rhino herder. Yeah, Wakabi. Yeah. He was yep. really so good. He was good. Yeah, so I like that. You know, he seems like a legit character, and then he does that slight betrayal. The yeah. dude who played uh, Killmonger, <laughs> amazing dude. Michael B. Jordan? Yes. Eric Killmonger is probably, man, one of my favorites. I I caught myself. (laughs) He's probably one of my favorite villains in the MCU, if not my favorite one in the MCU. He is awesome. I think the part that I like the most is um, his story. So his story is believable. I mean, he is... I know, you know, Marvel has sort of this thing where I don't know if they advertise, but people make shirts that's, you know, like Cyclops was right. Yeah. Magneto yeah, yeah, was yeah. right. Eric Killmonger was kind of right. He was yeah. sort of a dick about it and went about he cranked it up to twelve, uh, as you yeah. like to say. But he did change a lot of people's minds, you know what I mean, Th- throughout the movie. Yeah, he was what I would call like your typical Magneto villain. He was sort of justified in what he was doing. He just took it a little too far. Absolutely nailed it. Michael B. Jordan's an awesome actor and eric killmonger's look was friggin' cool i mean he was just like dripping cool the only thing i did not like about his costume is when he did change into the 
Black Panther. I liked him before the other costume when he was more the uh, renegade dude who went and killed Claw. I liked that look. I agree with you 100%. But, I mean, I get why they had to do it because, you know, he got the Black Panther power and stuff like that and had to have a Black Panther power to fight Black Panther to make it like an even fight. It reminded me in a way, not that it took too much away from it, but it reminded me in a way of Old Man Logan, where at the end it's Wolverine versus, oh, Wolverine. <laughs> so is yeah. it kind of like Black Panther versus Black Panther? Now, Marvel does have a sort of a, a history of doing that in their movies because, okay, Iron Man fought Killmonger. So Iron, Iron Man fought who? No, I'm sorry, not Killmonger. Um, oh my God. Ironmonger. Ant Man fights the uh, Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. What else was there? Captain America fought Buck Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's right. He basically fought the Russian super soldier. Black Panther versus Black Panther. <laughs> Uh, Hulk versus Abomination Five. That's not a rare thing for uh, Marvel. for Marvel movies to do. Is and like I said, it didn't take much away from it. It's just like, it was like, oh, his Black Panther costume is exactly like the other Black Panther <laughs> costume. It's just got gold in it. <laughs> do you think That's if why- Baku went through, went to the spirit planes and back, he would have the power of an ape or a gorilla? Ape. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Killmonger was awesome. You know who else was friggin' awesome? His sister was awesome. The main guardian chick was awesome. How about Ulysses Claw? Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to save that because I I was going to complain. Because, <laughs> what? No, I was going to complain in in a positive way because in uh, the Black Panther movie, they did such a good job of showing just like how crazy he is. They established him so well like within moments of him being on the screen like from the casino thing and all that stuff and when they're interrogating him i was like this dude is awesome and then they do the uh Qui-Gon Jinn thing and they kill him i get it it was for the story that killmonger had to do it to get into wakanda get their trust prove that he is you know better than black panther i get it but dude <laughs> I was so into the character, man. Like when they're yeah, carrying too. him out of the uh, interrogation and he's laughing his ass off, still tied to the chair. And- yeah, he had everything, man. Again, yeah. he had the look down. His look was pimp, man. He would have yes. a freaking nice suit on, a nice like, black and blue suit, just neck tattoos, funky haircut, grill. He just looked badass, man. He looked like yeah. he should be in uh, the, the movie with Brad Pitt where he's the Scott, the crazy Scott. Snatch. I, I feel like Ulysses Clock, he's that type of character. Really well done, really crazy, and you really feel like this dude's a sociopath. This dude's a total freaking sociopath. And he's yeah. funny about that. And I, you know what? Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> Fine, I'll go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What, what I was hoping for is like that one of the stingers, I mean, I've already mentioned it, this to you, but I'll say it again. I wish one of the stingers was like them chucking his body down into the thing. And like as one of those trains go by, you kind of see like his flesh peeling away. Just as, you know, set up like maybe they would have done like the sound version of Claw where he's basically Sonic composed Claw. out of all. Yeah. Maybe if they never did, but kind of like just did that little setup where you kind of see it. You see the tram go by and you see his skin rip and it's all red underneath. Even if they did nothing with it. just No, but I, I think that it serves the movie better that he does. He does stay dead. Yeah, because that 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 just goes to show you how good of a character he was when Killmonger blasts him. You're like, no, 
He's awesome. I agree. I agree. And in the in the Marvel universe, in terms of movies, usually death is death. Mm. Unlike unlike the comics, Loki who keeps dying and coming back. Yeah, but at least Loki is believable. He's kind of like multiple man, where if you kill him, you're like, all right, it was an illusion. I get yeah, it. Fits the character the the character of the trickster. But so I I, I loved the Claw character, man. That was a huge surprise. I mean, his he did appear first in Age of Ultron. I I th- honestly thought he was a cool character. Then too, it's not like he you know he wasn't or anything is the exact same look but just kind of like opening him up a little bit uh letting his, his his character kind of you know have a nice big part of the movie have him you give him a bunch of scenes and it was all that i needed to see man he's probably one of my favorite villains i said it again that's three yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the thing so like when he was in age of ultron i was like ah oh, cool he to me when he was in age of ultron it was to set up black panther they didn't do too much with him in age of ultron so when he was cast for black panther i was like oh, all right they're just tying it in and then i saw him in black panther and i was like this dude is amazing bravo yeah Honestly, I think he would rank as probably one of my top villains in the Marvel Universe for the cinematic universe because he was so well done it's funny because like for me uh you know ulysses claw throughout the movie i loved him because he was alive and that's what makes him like one of my favorites but what makes killmonger one of my favorites is ironically his death like when black panther says you know after he stabs him he's like hey you know maybe we can still heal you and he's like no bury me out and see where you know my um you know forefathers or whatever knew it was better to jump over the ship and drown in the ocean than to you know submit to slavery and then he just he pulls out the blade and i was like "Mm, dude best exit ever like yeah if you're gonna die and give that speech and then pull out the blade yourself you know because he didn't die like on his own like slowly he was like nope thunk pulled out the blade and just knew he was gonna die right after that That you nailed yeah you nailed that quote by the way did i (laughs) no Uh oh very very good scene that was a powerful scene because he he's uh talking you know he's talking beginning of the movie here that he's you know his dad told him about wakanda and how beautiful it is and how amazing the sunsets were he finally got to see it and i thought that was a good scene despite all that he had done with the vibranium and stuff like that black panther knew that this was a moment to say hey you know what it is beautiful here let me show you maybe we can save you i thought that was a cool moment rather than just him just dying somewhere in the cave saying that like i said there was so much about this movie that was so well done in terms of characters um there was no one that was bad in this movie no one the most minor characters were all astounding yeah you're absolutely right even like the uh like the the supporting cast right like the the dude that wears the green suit and has like the lip plate like the all the different tribe representatives it, it, they look cool as hell and what's cool is i read an article where a, it goes over uh, a lot of those costumes and they're all legitimate african representations like it you know the article goes over like this costume is from this area the thing with the plate in the lip comes from this african tribe here and yeah. it goes over all of the costumes and where the influence comes from for the movie so it's not like they just made up some random costumes. They actually did their homework and we were like, let us get like some actual close representation as to what an African country would look like and did their research. 
Yeah, Ryan Coogler, the director, did a really, really good job. When I saw Black Panther, you know, the the trailer for it, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I joked that apparently his main power is to um, it's like, destroying cars, destroying cars. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I was excited to see Black Panther because it's a Marvel movie. But I was like, oh, you know, how is the whole Wakanda thing going to work out? It's all technology, blah blah blah. Dude, they did that beautifully. They did Dude, the whole they- thing beautifully. Like, hey, it's hidden in this force field that's why the rest of the world doesn't know about it because we had to hide it because if my random falls in the wrong hands it's dangerous and i was like all right, dude, you did it. Like the one thing I was worried about, like why doesn't everyone go after vibranium? Like how does not the whole world know about vibranium? They covered it, literally yeah. covered it. <laughs> Another thing that the MCU has managed to do really well is goofy comic stuff translated into the movie well. But the Black Panther is probably one of those characters that if you wanted to do it justice, you would have to go in a very goofy direction, right? It's one of those characters that you'd think like, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that in the movies. They did it all and it was great. Like most most of the most of the stuff, uh, the, the flowers, the flower pods, like the forest field, all that stuff, like all that stuff's from the comics, you know. If you would see it separately, you might think it was over the top, but seeing it build through the movie was amazing. Uh, for example, like when they do the thing with the cars, where the virtual oh, yeah. version of the car is in Wakanda, and then like his sister is driving it, dude, that was amazing. Like I was like, that is pretty cool. Like that's a cool concept. She throws that little thing on top of the yeah. hood, allows the thing in Wakanda to actually take control of the car, and then they even did like touches of comedy very, very well. Like when yeah. uh, Ulysses Claw blows up the car, and you remember the the one girl with the spear standing there, and then the other girl slowly rolls up, still in the seat oh, holding yeah. the steering wheel, dude. Yeah. Like small touch like that, and it was so great. I love the pacing man like when he you know he finally catches up to ulysses claw in the car and he's like you know letting you breathe has been too long chink and he pops his claws and he's about to kill him and they're like the world is watching and it shows all those people with cell phones yeah and that was that was right after that little comedic scene with the car seat and yet it didn't feel like it was jumping like the pacing no perfect ulysses claw saw that first yeah so he was like mercy mercy mercy, my king mercy yeah like really playing it up playing it up dude that's, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like so much perfect. good about him, man. Yeah, that was perfect. One of my favorite things about the movie <laughs> is that the story, even though it's set, you know, like Phase 3, MCU, I was wondering how they were going to tie, like, who, what were the cameos going to be? What yeah. were the nods to the other movies? And uh, surprisingly, they weren't many, and it works really well as a standalone movie. Yes, it's it an amazing standalone movie. I, to, all the stuff that we We've talked about about how it, this was this difficult movie to translate from from page to to screen. On top of that, all the other MCU stuff, right? Like it, it could be, I could see how it could be overwhelming, or someone would be turned off to to you know a movie like this. But yeah. the story is so good that even if someone doesn't like comic books or doesn't follow the MCU, can watch this movie and just be sucked in by it. And a lot of it is, like I said, like every character in this movie was flat out amazing from you know chadwick to uh, michael b jordan to even like the less trivial characters like um forrest whitaker i mean he you know big actor but he didn't play a big character really but i mean he played an important character he played an important character and it had a like a a good twist yeah there was a consequence yeah yeah that's what i mean like when he gets stabbed you're like oh dude but he's not a big character you know it's not like he was in 90 percent of the movie when that happens he's kind of like i just show up in the beginning a little bit and then i 
I'm here for the, you know, does anyone want to challenge him? I, I like that his character did have uh, a, a, a big role in the story without having a lot of screen time. It was like, yeah. oh, cool. And it was it was meaningful and the twist that it was him when he was younger. It was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I did love that part where he says, you know, you thought you were the only spy. And then yeah. he turns and he's like, hey, yeah, he's been giving up the vibranium. <laughs> Damn, what a snitch. That was that was awesome, dude. That was incredible. <laughs> the only thing that was weird is like on that scene, you know, where he's talking about that and Forrest Whitaker who plays Zuri is like, Yeah, you know, your father turned his gun on me. To me, like, even when I watched the second time, it doesn't look like he's turning his gun on Zuri. It looks like he's turning his gun on Black Panther. I don't know if it's happening too fast that even in the second one to me it doesn't look like he's like his hand's not even near Zuri. It looks like he's literally just pulling his gun out for Forward. No, I, I remember that. I remember he has his gun pointed at uh, at the Black Panther, but then he does turn to uh, to Zuri. shoot. Yeah, Zuri. Okay. I swear, like the second time I watched it, you know, after I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, snap, really? And then I watched it the second time. I was like, oh, man, now you're making ah. me doubt myself. <laughs> I mean, maybe it does happen. Maybe it's just happening way too fast because Black Panther basically says no. And the next the next scene you see is like claws in his chest. <laughs> oh, you know what's cool about that scene? Huh. So the uh, T'Chaka is, you know, Black Panther's dad or right. T'Challa's dad. In that scene where he's the young, the young T'Chaka. Yeah. That's actually the older actor's son playing young young T'Chaka. Oh, really? So it's uh what's his name? It's um John Kenny's son? Yes. John Kenny. I don't know how K N K A N I. I th- I want to say Kenny. No, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to say the, the most different thing from you because we're always good. <laughs> That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, those were some those apartment scenes were were really good, especially in the spirit realm or the astral realm. Yeah. Right? Uh, those scenes because then you have to start to wonder is uh killmonger's dad stuck in his apartment while he looks out and you know at the savannah at like yeah. all this, is, is he destined to like spend eternity locked up in an apartment in uh oakland to, and looking out the window at the savannah i think so but it's hard to tell or is it just that killmonger went back there and that's where he saw his father you know what i mean kind of like that's the last place he associates with his father you think killmonger's trapped there too or do you think he's back in uh wakanda like a happy ending uh i don't think he i don't think he gets a happy ending because he would rather not be in wakanda when it came to the end you know what i mean that was my impression that he would not rather be in wakanda knowing that if he died there it was sort of like still servitude you're right if anything he's back in Oakland. Huh, that's pretty good. The reason the movie takes place in Oakland is because the director, Ryan Coogler, is from Oakland. It really, in the comics, the Killmonger is from New York. Ryan Coogler figured it was a good opportunity to sort of put his city yeah. in the movie, you know, and it, and it worked really well. Oh, you wanted to know what else is cool? Huh. So, uh, I guess Marvel, Disney, uh, they're opening up STEM centers in Oakland. I guess oh, it would for be real? Yeah, for real, for real. They're going to open up a bunch of them, yeah. That's pretty cool. That is really, really cool, yeah. <laughs> That's taking the movie to a whole new level. I love our overlords. Those who uh, disobey are foolish. Yeah. <laughs>
one of the other things I really, really liked is, you know, after Black Panther, quote unquote, dies, they go to um, Baku mm-hmm. to say, hey, we need you to take this and, you know, you have to become the Black Panther. And he's like, oh, now you come to me, da 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 da. And then he tells him about Black Panther and then, like, you know, they revive him and stuff like that. And Black Panther's like, hey, you know, we could use your army. And he's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, you're good. You're not going yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know he does show up and i thought that was a great moment like when the fight's all happening and the dude summons the rhinos things are looking grim for black panther and his team freaking baku shows up starts throwing dudes around i was like yes dude yes yeah mbaku is a great character man smart. whoever that actor is is pretty awesome because in, in the comic and he's written well too because in the comics he's not really a smart villain he's nah, he's, a, he's sort of very oafish yeah and he's pure aggression exactly and basically wears a white ape skin suit like head to toe it, so it's something it's it's like, again another one of those things where it wouldn't really translate it would not translate well at all into uh, film but Marvel managed to figure out a way to do it and make it awesome yes I agree and it, he's played by an actor by the name of Winston Duke just imagine this he was like in an episode of Law and Order he was in like I don't know like 12 episodes of Persons of Interest he was in a show called The Messengers like three episodes and then he was in an episode of major crimes he was in three episodes of modern family and then he jumps to black panther and then uh apparently avengers infinity war yeah if you go back and look at some of the um like the posters and the the like the stills of uh infinity war you see mbaku like charging yeah. right there with the hulk and captain america i just thought yeah. that was so awesome that he went from you know just regular normal tv shows it's not it's not like he was already in movies and then he jumps into one of the biggest, if not the biggest, movie of the year. He, I would consider Mbaku a major character. Like, hopefully, he continues to be a big player. I, I like that they teamed up, right? So they're I, yeah. they're obviously sort of. I don't know if they're warring, but they're rival tribes, and they put you know put all their differences aside, teamed up, right? They tried to talk sense into Mbaku, and he wasn't buying it at first. Yeah. But I feel like maybe he thought about it. Uh, maybe he talked to his elders, and he he jumped in. I mean, we didn't get to see it, but I speculated that you know because you remember they go up that mountain, and you know it's the ape holding up the thing. Yeah, I, I envisioned that he was standing there watching it happen, and then like saw the rhinos get summoned. And he's like, all right, I guess now we got to get into this. And plus, basically, like, you know, an outsider is coming over. Guy that hasn't been here for 15 minutes all of a sudden is the king of the kingdom. Yeah, that's (laughs) not going to sit well with him. Especially when he had already challenged Black Panther. Mbaku had already challenged and lost. So to have some other dude come in and take it when Mbaku couldn't do it. And Mbaku's been in this area, you know, since birth. Yeah. How do you feel about the rhinos? I liked the rhinos. Me too. I a lot of people online uh, didn't like him. They thought it sort of jumped the shark a little bit or went a little too far. But the second viewing, I noticed a lot more, right? And early on in the movie, I mean, they are at the, you know, the the farm on the border that sort of protects, you know, they're like the first line of defense. Yeah. And one, you have to realize that that's a hidden uh, base, right? It's a first line of defense before you go into Wakanda. So they are going to be, they're going to have some sort of weapons. And they have to look inconspicuous too so it's like all right well they got rhinos you see the rhino 
was early in the movie. Like, I didn't catch that the first time. When they're talking at the beginning of the movie about bringing in Killmonger, and of course, Black Panther makes the promise that he's going to bring him back. Yeah, you, you see, see the, the rhino in the background. background. I was like, oh, I totally missed that the first time. Because at first, I sort of underst- I, I, I understood the... Not the hate, but like how people didn't like that scene because it felt kind of goofy that these like armored rhinos just showed up out of nowhere. But no, then they, I saw that they, they, they weren't at nowhere. They were they were they're stationed down yeah, there. There's like but, literally a whole farm of them. Yeah. So after I saw it the second time, I was like, oh, okay, no, never mind. I, I like the rhinos. Like Wakanda was like, hey, if we're gonna protect this, what's like one of the strongest animals we have around us? A freaking rhino. I Duh. mean, just like people in India used elephants and stuff like that. For That's war. true. They were asking for recommendations i would have recommended hippos uh hippos are pretty vicious dude they're just really slow (laughs) no they actually can get up there like when you're like charge (laughs) (laughs) what's unusual though is you would think that they would have used panthers right i bet you there that's a little too on the nose just have like a, a fleet of panthers of black panthers like a herd of them is that what a bunch of cats are called a herd of cats a herd of cats? A, a litter of cats? Litter, yeah. No, no, it wouldn't be a litter. Whatever it is. That's what they should have had. <laughs> but no, I love the rhinos. I love the yeah. like decorations on them and stuff like that as well. See, now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking this through. I'm wondering if they did not use panthers because had they used panthers, they would have been going against Black Panther's army. You would have turned the, the panthers against. basically on the king, yeah. Speaking of uh, white dudes that were in uh, Lord of the Rings movies, Martin Martin Freeman as Every K. Ross was the uh, second white dude in the movie, and he was pretty good. You know what? I'm going to go right back to that here in a second. You know what was really funny? What's that? Is that it talks about him and Andy, is it pronounced Circus? And it shows those two together, and it says, you know, um, Andy Circus and uh, Martin Freeman are in Black Panther. This makes them your Tolkien white guys. Yes, yes. I thought that was hilarious because Martin Freeman played Bilbo and then Andy uh, Serkis played Gollum. And that, was a, that was a pretty <laughs> funny meme that made me chuckle as a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I know that from what little research I had done before, because I couldn't remember who Everett Ross was, but apparently he is a character that is actually in the Marvel Universe. He's, he, I guess, first appeared in Kazar, and he's like actually a part of the Black Panther um, story frequently. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. Like I thought he, when they first introduced him in was it Civil War? When they first introduced him, I thought he was a new character. I did not realize that he was actually already an existing Marvel character. What's What's funny is like when they first introduced him in uh, Civil War, I mistook him when they, you know, when they introduced him as Everett Ross in my brain. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I was thinking that he was Michael Rossi. And I don't know if you know who that is from Marvel Comics. He's a dude who has the tie to Miss Marvel. They were like pilots together and stuff like that. So I thought, oh, they're setting up Miss Marvel. And I went home and I was like, nope, his name is Everett Ross. Who is Everett Ross? Oh, <laughs> it's a Black Panther dude. All right. So they're not setting up Miss Marvel. I totally mistook him as uh, Michael Rossi, is who I was thinking of. Yeah, he was a good character, too, man. Like, I, I wasn't expecting much from from him, like, when he, you know, kind of first showed up. Uh, casino scene was pretty cool and everything. But after that, like, you know, he was he was injured. He had his back jacked up. I was like, oh, what's this guy going to do? Uh, yeah. But he, you know, he, he played a pretty good role in the movie. There was, like, no wasted character in this freaking movie. 
No. And I loved his role in the movie at the casino scene where uh, he goes up to Ulysses Claw and was like, hey, you know, I, you know, what's the deal with your like your whole what did he call him like entourage? Like, do you guys have like a CD or something coming out? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got a CD. You want to hear it? I, do you have the CD? And he's like, no, no, listen, I don't want to hear your CD. I like that. He's rubbing his shoulder. He's like, oh, no, this isn't for you. Da-da-da. So he already knew Black Panther was going to be there. Yeah, like that. That entourage was for Black Panther. Totally. That whole casino scene was really good. It's that whole thing was so well done. Like, I can't remember her name, where she jumps off of the railing at the top with her spear. Michonne. Yeah, the the girl who plays Michonne. Okoye. Dude, you want to hear something so sad? I, I didn't realize that that was the same actor that plays Michonne until like week after I watched it the second time. Yeah, I didn't notice it was until I think it was you or someone else at work had said, hey, you know, that's the same actress who plays Michonne. And I still can't see it. I went and saw it the second time and I was like, <laughs> I still don't see it. Like, I don't get it. Like, not even with the wig when she had hair. I didn't see it. Oh, man, credit to, uh, credit to the actress. She kills yeah. it she yeah she was a different character for sure and she is a total bad yeah the uh am i pronounced this correctly the dora milaje but they were all awesome they yeah. were just bad yes i agree and one of my favorite moments with that whole thing uh, there are so many in this movie is when killmonger does take over the throne and they're like, we have to get out of here, da-da-da-da. And she's like, no, I can't. And she's like, you can't support like this guy who's an outsider taking the throne. She's like, I support the throne no matter who sits on it. I was like, dude, great soil. Like, yes. You believe it. You, you really believe that she's got to protect Killmonger. Even though she does kind of, uh, well, I guess right. Once once she see once Black Panther shows up, uh, T'Challa shows up after they had you know got had the waterfall scene. Like he did say, like, hey, the winner is decided by death or by you know like uh, how do you say, like submission. Yeah. He's like, and I'm not, and I'm not. I didn't submit, right? So he's basically saying, I'm still alive. You're not the king. I'm still the king. Yeah. So when oh yeah, I just talked myself into this. So when uh, Akoya <laughs> turns on uh, on Killmonger, Killmonger, she's not going against the throne because the king is right there. He didn't yep. die, and yep. he didn't. King submit. is still alive. Yep. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, nice, nice working through that little problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that her, uh, I like that her fiance or whatever uh, recognized that too when she steps in front of the rhino yes. and the rhino stops and starts kissing her, and he kind of gets off the rhino and is like, "How oh, did he?" He said, "Would you?" kill me and she says something like for wakanda yeah yeah there you go there you go and he's like all right that's all i needed to know like yeah. no further questions your honor <laughs> i give up yep i surrender <laughs> and again that's that's also reminiscent to the scene where in civil war captain america and bucky are running into the hangar and uh black widow basically stops was it vision vision yeah yeah stops vision from capturing captain america and bucky they are sort of in a little bit of a stare off right after that and it looks like uh natasha's gonna he's got the drop on them and she basically lets him go and captain america asks why and she says because you will not quit i mean like one of the really cool things about this movie is it has even like in a real life political sense uh appeal because you have a cast that is 99 percent you know african-american who are playing africans in this movie i think and some of them, a lot of them were africans too 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have either African-Americans or Africans playing these African characters. Mm. And what I love is that um, Black Panther's guards, you know, the, um, the uh, oh my God, we just said their names. Dora Majori. They're all women. Yeah. So not only Sorry. are they... Uh, not, Dora, Dora Malaji. Malaji, there we go. Dora Malaji, yeah. So not only are they African, or, you know, they're playing African characters, but they're female African characters who don't take you know what I mean? They're they they fight Killmonger like nonstop near the end. Oh, like absolutely. when he's like, you know, get the get the vibranium out, and then they show up and they turn. They are fighting full on nonstop, toe to toe. Yeah. And I thought that was incredible that not only are you having these, you know, portrayal of African characters finally in a movie that's like, you know, ninety nine percent African characters, you also have these women who are African characters who are powerful. So you, yeah, you have these strong, strong female characters in this movie and they're just are bad. I mean, honestly, I, I think the women stole the uh, the, show. the show in this movie. I mean, Shuri, right? Uh, 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 Black Panther's I little sister. Her. Awesome. Dude, I loved her in that movie. Yeah, she <laughs> killed it, man. Yeah. She killed it. All these women characters did. What's so cool about it is, you know, they weren't bad just because they had these cool weapons and stuff like that. They were badass because they fought. It was so great to see all that kind of representation shown, man. Yeah. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. So the, the Dora Malaji are basically every tribe basically volunteers uh, a, a female, yeah, a female um, warrior to the Dora Milaje. And I do love, <laughs> what's what was her name? Nakia? Is that it? The girl that Black Panther was in love with. I loved how uh, when you'd get around her, he would like freeze. Like when he first quote unquote <laughs> rescues her, yeah. he's like, ah, hi. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. what are you doing? You've messed up my whole mission. Blah. So it's not even that she needed to be rescued. Like right off the bat, you know, this chick is doing this. She's putting herself in danger with all these armed men yeah. on purpose. Like she's there to yeah. do a mission. And then she gets mad at the king. Well, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, mad, mad at the prince at the time because he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't king yet. Yeah, but it was good. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I, I'm i hard-pressed to find anything that I didn't like about Is there anything you didn't like about this movie? If I had to score this movie out of 10, I'd give it 11. It met my expectations of everything I wanted and then surpassed it by far. Completely. By it really did. Almost every other Marvel movie, I could probably easily find something to nitpick and say, this is what I didn't like. Oh, yeah. But Black Panther, it's... Nah, there's there, there's nothing I can say I did not like. Like even even the stinger at the end where Black Panther is in front of the Senate and he gives that little speech where he says, "During times of crisis, the wise build bridges, the foolish build walls," or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> the second stinger was pretty good too. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There should have been a third one where we see claw skin turning red, but you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> and that's incredible to think that this is like movie number 16 or 15 yep. or something like that. Everyone's still waiting for that hero fatigue. Honestly, the hero fatigue will happen if Warner Brothers keeps making DC movies. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to kill it. Marvel. <laughs> And maybe that's their plan. Like, keep flooding it with bad movies and people get sick of it. I am curious to see how Infinity War is going to be handled. Because Civil War, they handled beautifully, right? That was yeah. tons of characters, but handled so perfectly. But mm -hmm. Infinity War, I mean, we're throwing in Guardians of the Galaxy. We're throwing in Thor. We're throwing in, like, everyone else who was not everyone. in Civil War. So yeah. that 
audience is going to be bigger. This is, so I guess this is one of the things where I think, so Avengers suffers from this, I think, in both the first and second one, more so the second one, where you have a multitude of characters and no one is getting any spotlight. But if you look at Thor Ragnarok, if you look at Black Panther, if you look at Ant-Man, all the one hit, yeah, even Winter Soldier, if you look at those movies, the things we talk about are the characters. Like, yeah. you know, oh, the rock dude was so awesome. Thor was so awesome. Hulk was so awesome. It's not always about like, oh, well, this action sequence was awesome. This fight was awesome, whatever. But with like Avengers and stuff like that, I feel like that's what we talk about more because there is not a lot of character development when it's like the big team movies. Like, let's throw like Thor and Captain America and like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and all these characters because they don't really get to shine that much. But when I'm you're okay doing with things, that. I know, I'm, but when you do the solo movies, I think it's cool because we talk about more about the characters than more mm. than the action. There was a bunch of great fights in Black Panther and we talked about like, oh yeah, the women were doing awesome fights, but we're, we're not being very specific. Whereas I think when we talk about like Avengers, you're like talking about specific scenes because that's what that movie's more about. It's not about the characters. It's about, well, you've already kind of seen these characters. Let's give you a bunch of action sequences, which is good and bad because sometimes you lose it um, mm-hmm. if you don't have a lot of character development because you're not really invested. Like Ultron. They did a horrible job with Ultron. He talked too much. He started off good with like you know puppets and strings and the whole that thing. But by the time we got to the end of Avengers, he was goofy. Ultron, he was, yeah, he wasn't a serious threat. He was kind of goofy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, that's a bummer. So we didn't get to we didn't get to feel for that villain. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Killmonger, we got to feel for him. Ulysses Claw in Black Panther, we got to feel for him. When you do the one offs, you get to feel the the heroes you already know, but you don't know that much about the villains because they don't have time to show those villains or develop those villains. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Black Panther, we got to see you know like Killmonger be developed. We got to see Ulysses freaking shine way more than what he did in the Avengers movie. Yes. So I think that's kind of the trade-off is like you get a bunch of good action sequences, but then the villains are kind of like, whatever. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was Ultron, but cool, I guess, you know? Like the dude is made out of vibranium instead of adamantium, but... The movie becomes sort of... it, It goes up a few notches when the villain is done... Right. As as someone who reads comics, I get it. I know who Ronan is. Yeah. But if think of yourself going into the movie, you're going to enjoy and you're going to laugh and you're going to think Groot is cute and that Rocket's cute. Yeah. But when it comes to the villain, you're not going to know too much about him if you're not familiar with the comics because they didn't do too much with Ronan. Like he just yeah. served Thanos or Thanos. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so he was serving Thanos and basically got tired of serving him. Was like, I'm going to do my own thing and get this damn Infinity Stone on my own. So you don't really know that much about him. So you, yeah. you don't get a lot of backstory on him because they had to focus more on the Guardians of the Galaxy because that's the bigger team. I think Ego was a better villain. <sighs> you didn't like Ego? No. I love the scene where they show the planet, but there were too many things uh, that I did not like with Ego as a villain. I thought it was a good idea. I just I didn't like the execution so much all the way through. Dude, the Guardians fought a planet. Yeah, no, I, I get that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's cool. I liked, Like I said, I liked the concept. I just didn't like so much the execution. It's just like you can say Avengers 2. They fought Ultron. Cool, but the execution in the end didn't feel right. Like oh, I would not compare those two at all. No, but I'm saying in terms of cool villains, you're saying the Guardians fought a planet. Cool. Yeah. 
the Avengers fought Ultron cool. You know what I mean? The, the, the initial ideas of those sound really cool, but then the execution, I think, was weak on both. Uh, I know I, I would disagree with you because Ultron, although he is a villain, he's like a villain that you could understand that they are fighting a robot or AI or whatever. The robot went sentient like Spider-Man Homecoming. There's another one. And it's because we got backstory on him and yeah. his daughter, like that whole connection all there. Oh so that's gosh. that's sometimes why I like the solo movies sometimes a little more because yeah. you're given a chance to understand and get the point of view of the villain yeah one of the things too that you mentioned earlier is how well like the characters and story are like for a movie like black panther or any of these other movies mcu movies we always talk about the characters and the story more than the action and that's one thing that the the i think the wb made a mistake in when bringing on Zack snyder because in all of his movies his dc movies um i mean besides that maybe like you know the movie sucked or you didn't like the movie but you can always pick out like a good scene you take all these clips out of all these action scenes and that's the only good thing about the movie or that was your favorite part of the movie that is literally the opposite of what we talk about when we talk about the mcu yeah it's not just a a few flashy action scenes or fighting scenes in the movie it's like no it's character development story it's editing it's pacing it's all these things and that's all the stuff that wb and dc get wrong uh, that's, I think, why Wonder Woman was the success that she was. Uh, it not only because it was a female lead, but that story had like a lot of great moments in it. They developed her from this kid all the way up to like when she's awkwardly trying to figure out how people work in the world. Like, why can't I carry my sword when I'm wearing this dress? Type of yeah. stuff. It does tank at the end when as you said, when she fights the main bad guy and he turns like Super Saiyan or whatever that's called, the Dragon Ball Z thing. Yeah. 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 But right up until the end, they had done that movie very, very, very well. But isn't that a shame, though, that the Justice League, the movie that should be number one on, yes. you know, most money, biggest box office hit. I mean, you would think Justice League would be up there and they don't even scratch the surface or they don't even get close to being anywhere. It's a flop. The Justice League is a freaking flop, which should never, ever be considering they oh. they own most of the most iconic comic book characters. It's crazy. Black Panther's in the top 10 of the movie biggest box office in in history not to take away anything from the black panther but it's like we're talking about the justice league versus the black panther like no way dude yep and i mean black panther he's been in you know his own title he started in what it's probably like an offensive book like jungle action or something like that you know he was in the avengers for a brief while back in the late 70s early 80s uh he appeared in the defenders a few times but he's never been like this upfront in your face type of character until the last couple of years in comics he was he was literally pretty much like moon knight like people think yeah. he's a cool character he shows up every once in a while every once in a while they put him in a book cool but he's yeah. never been a top tier character ever and yeah. here he is by himself dominating over a movie like Justice League, which is full yeah. of DC's most iconic characters. Yeah, like there's no comparison. Okay, so without getting too much into the Infinity War and, and you know, 
without getting too crazy here this we're recording this in early march uh the infinity war movie was bumped up till uh the last week of april instead of you know the first week of may so let me ask you this man what are you hoping to see in infinity war what i hope to see is what i saw in civil war i want to see a balance of all the characters being used um hoping that no one gets overshadowed because civil war to me provided that perfect balance of characters and action and dialogue uh we got funny moments good one-liners everything like that and i'm hoping we see that balance like i said earlier even though it's a much bigger cast hoping we can see some kind of balance uh, with Infinity War, and I just want to see—I mean, I want to see what I've what I've seen in Marvel movies so far—a perfectly paced, uh, great execution movie. Something that is—it's going to be hard, right? We're wrapping up. What did you say? Like sixteen years of movies into one final moment. Sixteen movies and ten years. Ten years. I want to see some meaning in this movie, and I know that sounds that sounds sort of abstract, but so far these movies have been very meaningful. So anytime something happens in a movie that has a domino effect to what happens in the other movies, for the most part, right? This is a legitimate global catastrophic level threat. What happens? after this i want to see this movie be meaningful and you know like change the face of the mcu which it's gonna be tough that we're gonna i guarantee we're gonna lose if not one multiple people we barely touched on the second stinger for black panther to loop it back around and then still talk about what we're talking about the second stinger being that we see uh white wolf which you educated me on was that was he was referred to that um, previously in a comic, which is none other than Winter Soldier. Yep. And we see that he doesn't have his arm. And I'm curious if they're going to give him like a vibranium arm, if that's where they're headed. I believe so. I mean, I've seen, you can see his arm in like the uh, the stills, and it definitely sort of looks very reminiscent of the shield, the new uh, yeah. Wakanda shield that, that Captain America has. So I think he'll have tech in it, like claw. Yeah, I'm wondering if he's going to have tech in it or if it's, because in comics, vibranium has the ability to absorb um impact so i'm wondering if that's going to be something that he'll be able to do and yeah you you mentioned changing the face of the marvel universe i it is my belief that we will be losing captain america in this movie and we're setting up bucky or Winter Soldier to take the mantle. Yeah, that makes sense. I was wondering about uh, Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. and their contracts and yeah. and all this stuff. And, and Chris Evans uh, has said in the past that he wants to get out of acting and get into directing. Now, granted, yep. this was before like Civil War and all these huge, you know, the MCU <laughs> really rocketed. But I think of those two, of him and RDJ, I think RDJ is more likely to stick around to extend his contract to have more cameo roles because I think he really, really, really enjoys playing uh, Tony Stark. Do you think... Oh, you know what else I'd like to see? I I, I want to do a round two of what I want to see in uh, <laughs> Infinity War. Infinity War. So the uh, the Russo brothers have mentioned, uh, or maybe it was Russo brothers, maybe it was Kevin Feige, um, that all of the stories are going to sort of culminate up until the, all the stories up until this point, right? Every individual story is going to culminate and, and there's going to be some sort of resolution. So we still don't know what happened to the Red Skull. Uh, we haven't heard back from the leader. Uh, Baron Zemo is still alive. So there's there's these like stories that we've sort of forgotten about from like phase one that I want to see something. Yeah, because like yeah. the Red Skull's 
a pretty big character, man. He's up there. I get it that, you know, he's the whole like Nazi thing and all that. It's kind of tricky. But that is a big, big villain, man. That is a boss villain. Bring him back, flush him out, no pun intended, and <laughs> let's see something with it. All right. I think we've we've killed it for, for a while now. Um yeah. I'm good. You have anything else to add to the uh to your review? No, the only thing I wanted to add, which is totally unrelated to the movies, is just want to talk about real quick, uh, X Men Blue. So okay. you know the the time displaced X Men whatever mm-hmm. hated the idea. Colin Bunn was writing it. Thought I'd give it a try. Started off good. It's gone. To really? X-Men, yeah. X Men Gold uh, started off. It was just like you know villain of the month. Just like let's beat him in two pages kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Has gotten better. They just released X Men Red, which I already told you about, but I figured I'd talk about it real quick. It's a team I cared nothing about. It's like Jean Grey, a dude named Gentle. It's X twenty three, Honey Badger, Namor, and Nightcrawler. The only one out of all of that I care about is Nightcrawler. And I was thinking if he's going to be on this team, I might as well check out the first yeah, issue, check it out. see how it is. And despite the fact that I don't care about any of those team characters, it was so well written. And when they showed the villain at the end is Cassandra Nova, who I cannot stand at all. It didn't bother <laughs> me because that seemed like a good fit for yeah. um, X-Men Red. So I'm really impressed with the first issue of X-Men Red. Probably one of the best X-Men books out right now. Even though it's only one issue, I would say of everything that's happening in X-Men Universe right now, it's probably the best thing going. That's funny. The one that you thought you would suck the most. Like. Yeah. yeah. And that's of course, that's surprising how these things work. And then the last thing I want to talk about just really, really quick is after 40 years, ElfQuest has finally come to an end. They wrote the final issue of ElfQuest, and they did something I thought they would never do. They actually killed the main cutter, uh, the main character cutter. Oh wow! Yeah, really? they, actually, they actually kill him. And the thing that's really weird: so ElfQuest uh, has been published off and on for over like 40 years now. So, like, if you if you happen to pick up, you know, the the latest run was called ElfQuest: The Final Quest. If you had picked up that run before starting there and had never read anything from ElfQuest, a it's going to be confusing because it references a bunch of stories that have happened over the last forty years. Like, it literally just keeps tying back to stuff. But at the end, um, Cutter, the main character, who's the main everything for the whole story, he essentially dies by a spider bite. Now, you would think that's so freaking stupid if you're reading this comic and you have no context as to what that's about. Yeah. But if you read like some of the origin issues in between like the 1980s and now, essentially there's a, a, a spider called like the, like the, what is it? Like the, the Deathmaker or whatever it's called. It's like a Black Widow, but super poisonous. Mm-hmm. When he was born, when Cutter was born, there was a spider that almost jumps on him and his best friend Skywise slaps it away. So irony is that he would die exactly how he almost died when he was born. Oh, that's pretty cool. By, by the spider bite. Damn, that's a deep cut. Yeah, it's a deep cut. And then, like, you know, Skywise loses it. Like, his friend sees him die, you know, and he dies slowly, you know, with his wolf and stuff like that. So they make it super emotional because the poison's killing him. Mm-hmm. And his friend's like, you know, oh, that's impossible. You know, I, I batted this spider away when you were born. You shouldn't be dying. And they, they killed him. So I, I want to applaud um, Wendy and Richard Penny for doing what I would have not thought they would have done. I would have honestly thought they were going to give him the happy ending. He goes into like this floating palace with his tribe and they just leave. Like mm-hmm. I thought that's the ending they were going to go for because they had the palace back. Everything was like looking hunky-dory. They just won the fight with the humans and then you just see him itch and he goes, ooh, something itches. And he opens his hand and it's a spider and he goes, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and then collapses, starts dying. Oh, wow. So they got to tell the story they wanted to tell, huh? 
Yeah, so I was. <laughs> I have to applaud them. Like they actually killed Cutter. Yeah, that's a weird way to go. I don't know if I like that. It was a weird way, but like it was. Like I said, it's if you had not read it, it's interesting that the very thing that almost killed him at birth is the thing that would eventually kill him. Yeah, like when all his right. life was finally perfect, all the wars were settled. That's how he dies. Elf Quest isn't one of those books like Marvel or DC where characters have come back from death. Like they've they've killed like main characters throughout mm-hmm. Elf Quest. Like in the original Quest, uh, there is a very emotional moment where they kill a dude named One Eye, and it's an emotional moment. Like his uh, life mate or wife, whatever. Like she has this long hair that she's never cut. She chops it off and like puts it around his head, you know, like as a halo type thing, mm-hmm. and you know cuts her hair and then goes ballistic and just starts killing people left and right. The only ones you thought would never die were Lita, Skywise, and Cutter. Like, those three would seem pretty much invincible because they're yeah. the only characters. No one ever comes back. In this 40 years of all these characters that they've killed, no one ever comes back. So, wow. Cutter, even if they decide to pick up elf quests, you know, five years down the line because they need money or whatever, maybe they have a new idea, you know Cutter is not going to be there. It's yeah. going to be, like, his kids, or it's going to be his best friend, or one of the other tribe people that it's going to, that's going to be the focus of the story. Kudos okay. to Warp Graphics for actually doing what I did not think they would do. You can download <laughs> the entire ElfQuest series if you want it on their website, right? Yeah, if you go to ElfQuest.com uh, under Issues, I think they have all of them. I don't know if they have Final Quest listed there, but they have Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, and all the other like books that they've done in between those. Highly recommend, even though someone didn't finish reading it. wendy penny is one of my favorite artists she's one of the most incredible artists out there and that was it so we can wrap this up now and we've talked about black panther a lot (laughs) about a bunch of stuff we did two hours we said we were we didn't want to do three so we mission accomplished we did it (laughs) (laughs) all right man good talking to you and uh see you in another six months yep see you then Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine marvel. And you see. And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or go to our YouTube channel www.youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast and finally there is our Twitter page which is twitter.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast P-O-D-C. I'd like to give a special shout out to Travis Richards, who did the music for the Comic Relief Podcast. Visit his website at www.travisarichards.com.
Are we recording, by the way? Yeah. So it turns out it wasn't my Skype password that was giving me problems. Force Endpoint was stopping all traffic. So it, it when I was trying to enter my password into Skype, it just wasn't going anywhere. Oh, uh, that's funny. But yeah. it looks like it's all caught up. Uh, I tried to log in. It it would just say can't connect. And I was like, ah, oh, son of a... So I Googled it, found out, oh, I need the new version. Oh, okay. Apparently it had been a while since we've uh, done a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do you have any uh, notes or anything? I have no notes. I'm just going to wing it. I have INDB up, so hopefully I don't mess up anyone's name. (laughs) Oh, you will. (laughs) Odin has to poop. That's what he has to do. Did you leave the back door open? You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second. (laughs) All right. I have it set for three hours, even though we're not going to talk three hours. I just have it set for that amount of time. We always say that, and we're like, I can't believe that was three hours. I know. <laughs> the, the movie with Brad Pitt, where he's the Scott, the crazy Scott. Uh, you talking about Fight Club? No. no he wasn't he was in Scotsman in that. Oh, man. It's that British movie. Uh, I don't know. Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Oh, no, you're bad at I'm this just, game, huh? I'm just going to name every Brad Pitt movie I know. <laughs> Legends of the Fall. Uh, keep going. Seven. Uh, nope. Uh, has he done other movies than that? He plays with, like, uh, a Snatch. Yeah, yeah, Snatch. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. And I, they even, like, basically allude to it. Because when they talk about the meteorite that hits, you know, Africa and the vibranium, they show the thing where it's like, you know, it affected animals and plants, blah, blah, which explains why this purple plant is there also, that he eats the flower and becomes Black Panther, that it also changed, like, animals that were around him, which would yeah. probably include a rhinoceros. <laughs> why, why, why would that include a rhinoceros? Because they're in Africa. <laughs> they don't have rhinos in Africa? They are. They do. Don't they? I, I don't know. I've never been. Amy, do they have rhinos <laughs> in Africa? Yes. War machine takeover. Yeah. Oh, no, he died. He died. He, he hasn't died. Yeah, he died from the fall. No, he, he injured his back. Oh, I thought he died. What? No. He was, remember, they were they were recovering. They were, or, uh, Tony Stark was trying to help him go through like his physical therapy at the end, and then Stan Lee shows up. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Stank. Yeah, and, that's and, right. Yeah, and Don Cheadle was like, no, you got him. He's Tony Stank. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone's going to be like, oh, well, I've already watched Black Panther, so that's good. But before I finish this final issue of ElfQuest, I'm going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be funny. (laughs) Then I'd end up doing what Amy did to me with the uh, Death Gate cycle. Where it's like the series of seven books that took me like ten years to read. Oh yeah, and we're sitting around playing Magic the Gathering, and I'm like, oh, I play Halflow, and he's like, well, I don't want to be his wife because she dies in the book, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I had like a hundred pages to go, and she dies in like the last ten, and I was like, oh, oh, that's totally so I still don't let her live it down. Totally Sorry. All right, man. I will right. let you know. I don't know what the kids are doing right now, but it's probably not good. Right? Have a good night. <laughs> sort of a Good night, man. All right, bye. Peace.